The opportunity for leadership and executive business coaching, it's time out. I'm Bill Price, and an absolute privilege to be with you. I'm hoping that this coaching session is going to take you to value-added places and spaces in your own sense of being. Today's coaching session, I'm going to be focusing on coaching leading world-class teamness. I can remember visiting the United States on occasion and at Disney World came out of an ice cream shop with an ice cream in my hand and a man walked past me with a cap that had two peaks on it, one on either side of his face, one on the left ear, one on over the right ear. And the center section had the following caption printed um, on it. I'll never forget it. These words, I am the leader, dot, dot, dot. Which way did they go? It was a moment of laughter as we shared comments with each other. And then I began to think that evening as we were relaxing around a fireplace, trying to have a South African braai in the United States. I wonder what it's like. A leader without a team is not a leader. A leader without a following group is just a person who thinks they're a leader but actually quite alone. In the process of becoming a leader, one evolves from becoming from being a leader uh, or from being a follower to an intelligent follower. Then you make a transition from intelligent follower to self-manager. From self-manager, you make a transition into managing um, uh, larger things and people. From managing self, uh, larger things and people, you make a transition and you become an exceptional manager. And then from there, you make another transition and you move into leading uh, and leader. And then you become an exceptional leader. And then one transitions uh, into what we know as a prophetic leader. So a person who is thinking 25 years ahead of the time um, and has an ability to know the difference between the bushes and the forests uh, and know that the ladder that's against the building right now uh, is actually against the wrong building. But whenever you see a tortoise balancing high on the top of a telephone pole, and I'd like you to pause and just take a breath and imagine what that looks like. There's this tortoise, two feet on the top of the pole, the other two feet extended out of the shell and the head bobbing up and down, big-eyed, trying to maintain balance. The moment you see this picture, you can only come to one conclusion, and it's a very logical conclusion, by the way. You can come to a conclusion that this tortoise never got to the top of the pole by itself. No leader is a leader without having been helped by people around them. It's uncanny to believe how people go through university, they go on these courses, they get the degree, and now they believe people must follow them by automatic default. doesn't work. A leader is a leader because of the team around them. And there are some essentials. So if you get a piece of paper, um, I'd like you to write down some essentials that are critical for any team um, to function as a successful team. If you draw a circle 
the top part of the circle is the following. It needs to have a supportive uh, culture. So any team in a culture that doesn't support teamness, that doesn't support um, the well-being of a team, the, the identity of a functioning team, the power of a functioning team. So if the organization doesn't create a context that is supportive for the team, you can write that team off. Doesn't It's just not going to be a team. It'll, it'll collapse into a group of individuals. Um, at the bottom end of the circle, you can write the words um, exceptional coaching. And for any team, a sports team, a business team, um, it's more than management and it's more than leadership, I'm afraid. It has to be coaching. So you have to write the words exceptional coaching. Coaching is the capacity to take a person from their skills of where they are in terms of their knowledge and abilities and talent and hone in on that in real-time terms. Management doesn't focus on real-time terms. Management is like training, calls you out of the situation, you have a conversation out of the situation, you're constantly reflecting out of a situation, whereas coaching pays attention to internal reality. Inside the circle, you need to have a compelling vision or a compelling direction. In other words, the team must be sold into what's the one thing that we're all about. So when we look at soccer teams and rugby teams and netball teams and basketball teams and kissing touches teams and whatever, they all have one particular compelling direction. They've got one reason for their being. And if, the, if you don't have that, then it's a team looking for a crisis to happen or a group of people looking for a crisis to happen. The other thing inside the circle is, the other criteria is that we need to have an enabling um, structure. Whenever I'm facilitating in business around um, strategy, I'm always asking the question, does the structure enable the strategy? So I don't create a strategy around structure. It's always the other way around. So is there a structure that enables? Enable means empowers, enlightens, enthuses, um, uh, empowers and, and brings in um, capacity to be able to align and think with. Other conditions that will create uh, team effectiveness is that what we have to offer uh, is desirable in the market and that the capacity of the team is understood in such a way that they know that it can be grown and improved. So there's always this willing to learn more and that it's also based on individual uh, team members. So a team is never just um, uh, a collective group that, that no longer have individual identity. So in looking at effective team members, so if you have to, somewhere on the page, just uh, you're going to write down a couple of criteria now uh, in terms of what are the characteristics of an effective team member? What do I need to look at as a leader um, and measure my, my team by? Uh, here's some thoughts. Um, there is personal ownership. 
both for their own role and function, but also ownership for the team's collective uh, outcomes. So ownership means I own mine and I own ours. There's, there's uh, no misunderstanding about that. An effective team member is one who um, is also willing to put the greater good uh, ahead of their, themselves. Sometimes we hear the Madonnas and the pre-Madonnas in soccer when they get, you, you just scored the goal, that some would even dare to say, no, no, it wasn't me. I just happened to be at the last phase of the passing of the ball from all the other team members. Um, effective team members listen. Um, they strive to really understand. Um, they are both people and task focused. Um, they understand that conflict is, is uh, real and necessary, um, but it's not bad. They also believe that, um, that they can trust other members of the team. The more they play with and the more that they relate to, uh, they can work with them. And they communicate openly and honestly and with clarity and consciousness. Um, they work with um, and they utilize the resources, not only their own, but also those of others. Are you picking up the f phone ringing? Sorry about that. Okay, let me just go back. Um, an effective team member learns to trust the other team members and the more they get on with each other and learn to understand each other and they can honestly share thoughts and feelings, they begin to build mutual trust, respect and then communication becomes open and honest and timely. Um, the desire for the team member is for uh, consensus and also for respect of diversity. But when we look at... Um, team members, we also need to ask the question, you know, am I a, a team member that participates? Am I dominant? Uh, or do I allow other people's involvement? Um, am I um, ego-driven? In other words, it's me and it's about me and my feelings. And when I'm ignored, I throw the, you know, the baby out with the bathwater and throw a tantrum. Or am I empathetic towards others and also respect them? Um, Leadership, uh, how do I respond to leadership and open my life and heart to? Am I willing to be coached? Because coaching is not for sissies. Um, am I willing to be aligned? Am I willing to be disciplined? Am I willing to be corrected and challenged? Um, and so when one looks at the, 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 the teams, we, we see that it's made up of people who are uh, part and parcel of the whole process. Um, the ability to work with a world-class team um, is where we are going to be paying attention to. So I'm going to ask you to um, write down a few criteria and put circles or blocks around them. And uh, I'll, I'll be mentioning what I mean with each of these criteria so that um, we, we can understand what world-class teamness is all about. I must say that um, when we work with teams, it's important to realize that um, we've got to build in team learning into the team's process. We've got to build in uh, peer recognition where we recognize each other's strengths and capacities. 
and where we have opportunity to win more because we're thinking more and aligning more and making changes. And for, for me, a self-directed team is really um, uh, a contrary statement um, because if I really leave stuff up to a team and say, you know, go where you like and do what you like, you be directed, uh, they will go exactly where Alice in Wonderland wanted to go when she faced the four roads and that was anywhere. So some criteria that we need to pay attention to in, when we're leading world-class uh, teamness, the characteristics of teamness, um, the first one is a commonality of vision. So on the piece of paper you draw a circle or a triangle or a square or whatever symbol you want and write common vision. In other words, there needs to be an end picture uh, into which everyone has bought into. Um, they're adding value, it's clearly defined, they're all connected to it with high levels of personal meaning. Somewhere on your page, a second criteria is personal challenge. Um, every single team member realizes that their comfort zone needs to be stretched, they take high ownership for it, they add to empowerment, and they produce high quality results based on being challenged. So in other words, there's personal growth that's also taking place. Another criteria where you draw a symbol on the page is being cohesive. In other words, a team needs to be interconnected. Interconnected into passion, interconnected to collective wisdom, interconnected into collective expertise, interconnected to experience and knowledge um, and skills so that they can achieve their solutions in real-time terms because teams play in real-time terms. Teams don't play in boardrooms or in lecture rooms. They play on the field in real-time terms. Another characteristic of a world-class team is that there is a sense of uniqueness, of we are special within the team. In other words, the team say, we make a difference, we belong, we have purpose, and our functionality uh, is, is around that uniqueness and, and, and being special. Another characteristic or criteria is that we are fit. And fit is um, two particular descriptions. One, that we are physically, mentally fit for the game. And the other one is fit in terms of fitting within our roles and functions. That we're developing enough cap capacity within the team to develop that functionality and fit. That our skills and expertise are sharpened and we honed in on. That we're alert and that we're aware and that we are there. When these things happen, we're moving towards world-class teamness. Another characteristic is that of fun. It simply means that we have celebration, independence, that, and interdependence, that there's the enjoyment factor, and entheos uh, is linked to pathos. And we're absolutely enjoying the privilege of being a team and enjoying uh, what we're doing, both before, during, and after. Another criteria that we need to look at in terms of leading a world-class team is to pay attention to this criteria, namely or characteristic, a shared fate. We need to understand that every single team member must be fully aware of this fact. We must be open to correction. We must be open to changing decisions. We must hold ourselves accountable for the standards 
the impact that we individually and collectively have and the effect that that has. So if we lose by one point, we have all lost. We don't blame the wings and the centers and the fly halves and whomever, the government, the mother-in-law, God, the devil. We look at saying we lost together and let's learn from that. Or we've won together and let's learn from that. The next characteristic of a world-class team is that they know how to score exactly. I was coaching a group of engineers at a sugar factory and I asked the question, so what do we need to do to score around here? What do you do? And they came with these engineering examples. We're working on the differentials and we're paying attention to the ratios and we're looking at this and looking at that. And the chief executive officer was in the room and he cleared his throat and he said, <clears throat> how about we're making sugar? Down to earth, that's what we do. That's what we need to do. And when a team knows how to score functionally, they'll know how to focus. Their actions and behavior are aligned exactly with that. They are performance and result orientated when they know how to score. And that score is what is being measured. They're not afraid of measurement. Another characteristic of world-class teamness, as you are drawing symbols on your page, is that there is a high level of clear communication. In other words, their roles, their position is being communicated. Their understanding is being communicated. That I'm open to, I'm open for, and I'm open with. That there's high levels of meaning. That when we talk, we listen and we ask and we share perspective. And communication is the purpose of adding value so that we can score and move towards making ourselves the kind of champion team that we need to be. Another characteristic, as you draw a symbol on the page, is mutual trust. For a world-class team to function, there has to be a commitment of constantly trusting each other, respecting each other's uniqueness, respecting each other's experience, knowledge, capacity, willpower, fitness levels, ethics, and well-being. We need to learn to trust. There's an old scripture in the book of Psalms that says it's good to have the ability to be faithful because when I lean on a faithful person, it's not like leaning on a broken ankle or a broken tooth. If I trust you, I can lean on you. I can depend on you. Another characteristic that you draw on the page is the ability to evaluate, to measure what's expected. At the end of the game, we know whether we've won or lost based on the final score. But there are other things other than just the score that we need to evaluate. We need to evaluate all the above-mentioned criteria that we've been talking about. We need to evaluate what are we expecting. We need to evaluate how we're going to measure our results. How we're going to measure our behavior. How we're going to measure achievement. 
and collective results. So evaluation is absolutely critical. It's built in into our being as spiritual beings, as the apostle and Rabbi Paul says that we need to evaluate ourselves when we sit in front of the emblems around the communion table. Another criteria is that of team leadership. I need to lead in an integrated way, positively, with great authenticity, with firm direction, orchestration and facilitation capacity, and I need my leadership voice needs to be heard. When I'm a team leader on the field, I need to be not only aware of my role and function, but be aware of everybody else. I need to be reading and integrating that reading, integrating the reading of people's morale levels, fitness levels, focus, and all the other criteria that needs to happen in real-time terms. The fourth final criteria and characteristic of a world-class team is the ability to work with constructive conflict. I would like to call it being consciously aware. Conflict is not bad. In actual fact, in times of conflict, it's the only time that we're really truthful with ourselves and with others. We need to resolve as a team that we need to respect each other and know that we will have conflicting ideas. But we need to engage in an unfiltered way so that we can round up the ideas, look at the outcomes, come to solutions and realize that we're going to come to these solutions because we are a team. So conflict is natural. There's no place for blame games and excuse-itis, but we need to confront each other with questions, comparisons and options that are relative to the outcomes that we want. And of course, a referee here and there will also help. But in essence, we each need to pay attention to how we work with conflict in our own lives and within our own egos. The second to last characteristic is that of a mind frame. If I have a mind frame of resourcefulness, drive, passion, flexibility, tolerance for difference, adventurous, optimism, hopefulness, if these mindsets prevail in a team, the team is going to go places. Resourcefulness, using what I've got rather than blaming others or bemoaning the fact of what I don't have. The final characteristic, if we're going to lead a world-class team, is rapid response. It simply means that it also has to be well thought out, that I need to be focused on meaning and I need to keep my promises that I make. But rapid response is what needs to happen in a team with clarity of communication. I need to keep people in the loop. I need to tell them that I have arrived, I have received, and I am responding. I will respond further in the next two days. I'm responding in real-time terms in the game. But if I don't response, respond, I find myself in the reality of silence. And when there is silence, trust 
begins to wane. I hope that as you look at this page where you've written all these characteristics down, if you could take some time to share with your team, ask them to measure themselves individually and the team as a whole as they see the team out of 10. Tally up the results and have a marvelous discussion, paying attention to the differences, the diversity, and the beauty of a team that has a capacity to become world-class. And then ask the team this question. What would we need to do to shift us from where we are now in our scoring and rating to become at least two points more in the next six months? List the ideas, commit to it, measure it, and lead it. Don't forget, you can email me 